the wind that carries souls back home for one day of communion with your long-lost family members. They're teaching children how to make clay skulls and paint them with smiling faces. Is this just another quote-unquote innocent celebration? I hope you didn't go out trick-or-treating last night. <coughs> God bless you. Boy, it's quiet in your <laughs> Is Halloween an innocent celebration? <laughs> no, it's not. Now, we understand that many, many holidays or celebrations, traditional, come from pagan traditions. And not all celebrations that come from pagan traditions are evil. Hold on. Don't go off the deep end here. Um, birthdays. Who's had a birthday recently? Anyone? Birthday, birthday. Quick, quick, quick. Birthday. You had a birthday? No, Kayla's birthday today. It is. Good. So you're going to have a cake? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sister Victoria, you bake some tremendous cakes, don't you? <laughs> have you ever baked a birthday cake and knelt down and lit a candle and offered it to the moon god? No. <laughs> You're crazy. That's the origin of birthday cakes. They're offerings to the moon god. I like birthday cakes. God bless you. Amen. Amen. All kinds, all shapes, round, square, chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, ice cream, whatever. They're good. When I eat a birthday cake, I am not worshiping the moon god or goddess. That's where it came from. Some people have very strong convictions against Christmas trees. Others accept it simply as form of celebration. Christmas tree some link it back to pagan traditions of putting up trees. In fact, still some countries, many countries, when they build a brand new skyscraper or apartment building, they'll still put a tree up on top of the building. Have you ever seen that? They do that in Mexico, Peru, Central Latin America, a lot. You build a new building, you put a tree up on top of the building. Why? To keep the evil spirits away, of course. I'm not kidding. People do that still. Superstition. But then again, same kind of thing that says, oh no, a black cat just crossed in front of me. <gasps> Can I have a bad day? Seriously? Have you ever walked under a ladder? No bad luck comes from walking under a ladder unless the guy above drops the tool. <laughs> there are all sorts of superstitions. There are all sorts of things that we can link back if we want to <laughs> Where did that come from? There's a superstition from many, many years ago, hundreds of years ago, that if you sneeze, your spirit leaves you as vulnerable, and that there are gremlins waiting to snatch your spirit and steal it away. But if you catch it in time and say, God bless you, you neutralize the power of the evil spirit to take your soul. I'm not making this stuff up, guys. If you're going to gripe at me about a Christmas tree, don't say God bless you when I sneeze, please. 
Come on, let's be reasonable. I'm not going to go into a superstitious type of teaching today, but I will say Halloween. I do not celebrate Halloween. I do not glorify the evil spirits who are at work in the world today. I mentioned this a couple of times. There are spirits that work in the world today. They are not your great Aunt Mary that passed on 40 years ago. Amen. Amen. The scripture says clearly that when we die, our spirit returns to God who made it. God doesn't have transmission problems. God doesn't have an elevator that gets stuck and your soul wanders around somewhere out there in space. When you die, your spirit returns to God who gave it. If there is a haunted house, is it the previous inhabitant who hung himself? Oh, creepy. No. If there is a truly haunted house, I'm saying if, I'm not going to get into whether it is or isn't, but if there is, it's not a benign human spirit trapped between heaven and earth. It is demonic. Can you say amen? Spirits are real. Demons are real. Jesus Christ cast out legions of devils. Were those devils able to go from one place to another? Yes. I never saw in Jesus' ministry any building haunted, but I sure see a bunch of pigs filled with devils rushing their way over collecting into the water. So yes, there can be hauntings if you want to use that word. But they are not your human spirit trapped somewhere going into the light. No. If you encounter a spirit that is not of God, it is of the devil. Halloween is a celebration of all things evil. Halloween is a celebration of gore, of fear, of death, of torture. Are those things from God? Absolutely not, friend. Do not celebrate the works of the evil one, please. Amen. 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 And since the other day of the day is tomorrow, I felt I needed to warn you. I hope you don't have any of those remnants of the old traditions and old religions hanging around. But friend, when you do talk to somebody who is celebrating the day of the dead, Understand, and there's a lot of readily available information about the origins of the Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos. Um, so just to summarize, those altars, they decorate with flowers, with candles. They place food. They put marigolds out, flowers. You know why they put the flowers out? Because the pungent scent is supposed to be strong enough that the spirit can smell them and find their way home. And the winds will blow them, the spirits, and carry them home. And they put out these foods, many kinds of food that are you know, favorites of the departed. And they'll sit there and they'll meditate and they'll tell stories about lives. And, and the secular writers, not one got up and saw preachers, fanatics, the secular writers will tell you that they're doing this in an attempt to communicate with spirits of their departed ancestors. 
Scripture calls that necromancy. Spirit call the scripture calls that soothsaying, communicating with the dead. And God said, Children of God, don't touch that. Amen. Avoid it. Run away from it. Amen. The Old Testament, they were stoned to death, those who did that. I don't say go out and stone the need to death. We're living in the age of grace. My friend, you do need to run away from those traditions. You need to run away from those things that corrupt the soul and darken our understanding. And be aware that these things are being taught under the guise of cultural enlightenment and enrichment. In your kids' schools today, they're teaching us. Be aware. All right. Let's get to the word now. Quickly move forward and won't hold you long. Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5. Let's go there quickly. <clears throat> now that I'm random, everyone's parade by touching on all your favorite holidays. God bless you. <laughs> oh, we will actually talk about God bless us all. Amen. I love you. I hope you love me. God bless you. <laughs> Ephesians 5 and 10. Are you ready? You got it? Verse 7, don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. That when you touched on light. Brother Smith, you touched on light. Today. God has been talking to our hearts about being in the light and not in the darkness. Amen. Amen. You were once full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Verse 10. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Can you say that with me? Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful even to talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret, but their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them, for the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. Hallelujah. So be careful how... You live, don't live like fools, but like those who are wise and make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Can you say amen? amen. God blesses you seated. Praise the Lord. You're very, very quiet today. Hopefully you're just soaking all up. Praise the Lord. All right. God nudged my heart early this morning. No, I don't say he sent me a dream, but God can use things to make us think about some things. Mm -hmm. I woke up in the wee hours of the morning exhausted. Ever wake up from a dream exhausted? My dream, it was one of those dreams where I knew in this case I needed to catch a flight. 
and I knew that I wasn't ready for the flight. I think that I packed my bags for somewhere else. And in my dream, I realized that I hadn't shaved and I hadn't showered. I was in no condition to get on a long flight. Wanted to be presentable. And I realized I started making these calculations of the time. And I realized that the flight was like two hours away. I needed to be checked in already because it was some international flight, as best I can remember. And I knew that I had to get home and get my baggage and still get to the airport in time. And in this rush, that urgency that you feel in a silly dream like that, right? I was rushing to get home, to get my luggage so that I could be ready on the flight. And yet, in that dream sequence, I know psychiatrists would have a field day. God bless you. <laughs> in that dream sequence, nothing moved fast. Everything I tried was like walking in slow motion. And everyone I tried to corral to help me, but there was different people in the dream, and they were, it was all intertwined as only a dream can do. And everyone in the dream was moving as slowly as a human can possibly move. Nothing went right. I needed to hurry, and nothing would go right. And there was that urgency, I've got to get on this flight, and yet I can't make it. Nothing is working. Nothing is coming together. And the Lord prompted my heart. I feel like we are living in that dream sequence today. Instead of getting ready to catch a flight, I believe that Jesus Christ is coming soon. And I want to be ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And yet in that dream, I knew that I wasn't ready for the flight. There were things I needed to get done. And friend, the church needs to wake up and realize we can't sleep right up to the moment of the rapture. Hallelujah. There was a cry going forth. The bridegroom cometh. The bridegroom cometh. It's time to awaken. To awaken from our sleep. verse doesn't actually refer to physical sleep. It refers to one who's dead. Yeah. That's what we got thinking about the other was one. <laughs> <laughs> it's talking about one who is alive and yet dead. It's talking about one who some would say is a child of God but whose life is indistinguishable from the world around us. We're supposed to have the life of Christ in us. We're supposed to have the light of God shining in us. We're supposed to have vibrancy. We're supposed to come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. You talked about it, that peculiar people. God is calling us to be right and to be ready. And yet there are people whose lives are indistinguishable from the death of this world round about us. I read an article, thoughts on this verse, 
the writer speaks of for those who sleep without snoring. God bless you guys if you don't snore. Someone who sleeps without snoring can approximate a corpse very, very easily, can they not? Remember when your kids growing up, come on, how many of us ever went into the room and nudged the baby in the crib just to see if they're still breathing? Yeah. Come on. You can say yeah. Because a deep, deep sleep, someone who's not snoring, you can't see their chest moving sometimes, like, are they alive or not? People can get so deeply asleep in God that you can't tell if they're alive or not. And that's what Paul says to the Ephesian church. The light makes everything visible. Again, Brother Smith, you talked about this. God is coordinating our hearts and minds. I had this prepared before I ever asked Brother Smith to teach the lesson this morning. Light makes everything visible. Light shines and our eyes open up. And in fact, in this verse, what Paul is saying is that the light of Christ has the ability, when that light shines on that dead body, that corpse can come to life. Hallelujah. Friend, my God is a source of life. He can speak life into existence as he did when he breathed breath of life into us. When he said, Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus heard the voice of God and came forth alive. So it can be his breath, it can be his voice, or it can simply be his light. Friend, when the light of God shines on death, death is reversed and replaced with life. We need the light of God to shine into our hearts and wake us, awaken us out of that stupor, out of that slow motion movement that I was telling you about. And that silly dream I had this morning where you know you've got to move and yet nothing seems to break through. That slow motion, friend, let the light of the Holy Ghost shine on you today and awaken you from your sleep. Jesus is coming soon. We live in a world of evil and darkness. We live in a world that when we fall asleep, long to sleep by the influence of this world, it's so easy, friend. It's so easy to get lulled to sleep by the movements of this world. Just like sitting on a bus with a slow swing. Or a boat as it rocks in the waters and you just feel the sleep coming over you. We can sit in this life, in this world, just like Job, not Job, uh, Lot, sorry, amen. Just like Lot, who set his tents towards Sodom. He got closer and closer until he finally moves into Sodom. He did not participate of their evil deeds. He afflicted his righteous soul daily, the scripture says, and yet he was asleep. And it took an angel of God coming in to snatch him literally out of the jaws of God's destruction. Let the light of God shine your heart today. Amen. Amen. Let the light of God awaken you from the sleep, the stupor of sleep that grips this world and turns us into something indistinguishable 
from this world. I have to shake my head at times. I can work with people, or I can meet people, I can collaborate with people and have no clue that they call themselves Christians because there's nothing to distinguish them from this world. And all of a sudden, something said, that, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. Really? Wow. I had no clue. I hope the world doesn't look at our lives and think that we are the same as they are. I hope that there's a light that shines in us, amen, that awakens us from the darkness, knowing that Jesus Christ is coming very, very soon. As I finish Revelation chapter 3. Write this letter to the angel of the church in Cyrus. This is the message from the one who has the sevenfold spirit of God and seven stars. He says, I know all the things that you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. You're supposed to be alive, but no one can tell if you're just sleeping really dead. So caught up in the slumber of this age. I know the things you do and that you have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. Wake up. Say it, wake up. Wake up. Stand if you will, please, and say it as you're standing. Wake up. Wake up. Wake up, strengthen what little remains. If you have ignored, neglected your relationship with God through many years, I don't want to sound crazy here. You may not have time to rebuild the strength of your relationship with God to the point of this hand. That's a scary thought. But you know what? God said, hold on to what little remains. Strengthen what little remains. For even what is left is almost dead. God said, you don't have much to hold on to. And what little is there is about to die. Come on, get a hold of it. Waken yourself. Shake yourself. Get right with God. Hold on to what little you have left. Verse 3, go back to what you heard and believed at first. Sing that song, take me back. Take me back to, to the place where I first believed. Go back to what you heard and believed at first. Hold to it firmly. Repent and turn to me again. If you don't wake up, I will come to you suddenly as unexpected as a thief. Time to wake up, folks. Time to realize this is not just a political struggle in our nation today. It is a spiritual struggle. Amen. Did you hear me? Election day is not just politics. It is not just constitutional rights. It is a spiritual struggle between forces that want to dominate and dampen and darken Righteousness 
and those who are crying out saying, God, give this nation one more chance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give this world just a little bit longer. Our heart is torn with that conundrum. On one hand, we say, even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. But on the other hand, we cry for those who are lost. And we pray, Lord, just extend the time a little bit longer. If it be possible that some more can be saved, let it be, Lord Jesus. But don't drag it out so long that those who are already saved lose what they have. God is the one in control of extending or shortening the time. He said, I can make it longer or I can make it short. And he's not changing his mind, per se. He's not being tardy, as people think he's being tardy. They scoff, say, where's the sign of his coming? Yeah, yeah, we've heard it all. Friend. It's God who is measuring the hearts in these last days. And if he sees that there are those who are hungry and willing, he'll extend the time if they have a chance to wake up. But he's also balancing the fact that, if possible, the very elect can be misled. Yeah. I don't know if he's extending or shortening. I don't know if he's expanding or contracting the timeline. But, friend, I know that it can't be much longer. Jesus Christ is coming for his church. Hallelujah. Look at the world, the events of the world, and realize that we are living in prophecy. We are living in the fulfillment of those last days, friend. We don't have to give in to darkness. We need to fight the light shine until the very last moment that the church is taken out of this world of friends. Until then, be vigilant. Awaken yourself. Shake yourself. Come alive in Jesus. Try to be victorious. Strive for victory. Read the messages of the Spirit to the churches, the seven churches. He talks to every single one of them about being victorious. Amen. And he says, not all of you will be. Some of you are going to have to erase your name out of the book of life. God forbid. But those who do overcome, those who are victorious, I will make them pillars in the temple of my God. Hallelujah. I will inscribe on them the name of my God. He said, I will make them to walk dressed in white, to walk with me if I am dressed in white. Friend, I want to be victorious in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to be ready for the coming of the bridegroom. I want to be awake. I don't want to be like in that dream this morning where nothing would move fast and I knew I was going to miss my flights. I don't want to get to the point where I can't awaken fast enough that I should miss the rapture of the church of Jesus Christ. Awake, you who sleep. If it's more than just, if maybe you're dead inside, the light of God can give you life this morning. Amen. Let the light of Jesus Christ shine in you, awaken you, enlighten you, empower you with the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We're going to have just a moment here of prayer. I want Brother Jared to come and lead us in prayer right now. Amen. Folks, I want you to join together. I want us to pray together in Jesus' name. That God awaken us, awaken this nation, awaken the church in this time. Hallelujah. Let the light of God shine on us. Let us be ready for the coming of Jesus Christ.